You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And it's Tech Fan 269. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm Debbie Cohen. What are you uh, what are you talking to me on? Uh on my headset. Why? Do I not sound good? No, you actually sound pretty good. I'm surprised. I'm actually talking to you on a headset that's plugged into a Chromebook that's on hotel Wi-Fi in Las Vegas. Sounds pretty good, man. Yeah. So this is the um, the web version of Skype. Uh, and I'm, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with it. It's pretty good. I, I don't know if I've ever used the web version of Skype. And I haven't until today, and certainly not on a, on a Chromebook either. But I didn't bring a uh, I didn't bring a computer with me when I came out on this trip. I've just got my I've got my iPad Pro, but I thought I'd try this first. So. Yeah, um, well, sounds good. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you weren't here last week. Yep. Uh, we had the other Cohen brother on. <laughs> <laughs> We're all brothers. We're all brothers deep down. Um, it was a fun talk. And, you know, one of the things that I started last week, and I think we should continue this between the two of us as well as when we have special guests on, is what technology, what thing out there is in desperate need of a revolution? Mm-hmm. And he brought up television and specifically the operating systems. And I thought that was an excellent choice because remember just the week before I was just complaining about the horrible controls on a monitor. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of nice. Um, did you get a chance to listen to that show? I did listen to that show. It was yeah. really good. I had a good time. I always yeah. like talking to Peter. He's fun. He's been in the industry a long time. He um, he kind of knows the way that the technology wheel goes around. Yep. Uh, and he's got a lot of good opinions, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to get into that subject right now. No. I think that's something that we need to uh, save up for special occasions, if you will. Yeah. Speaking of special... Good, yeah, that could take a whole show. Just yeah, something well... Like Sure, one subject could, I mean. Um, speaking of special occasions, Apple's having one next week. They have an, an event where everyone and their brother knows they're going to talk about and give a release date for the new iPhone. I think yeah. it's going to be released within a week of the event. I'm sure the uh, technology press is already starting its, um, creating its mere incremental improvement. <laughs> yeah. Stories. You know, I you know I have a an iPhone six plus, so I skipped the six plus S. Yeah, six S plus uh, whatever. Six S plus. Yeah. yeah, and I've got a feeling next year the iPhone is going to be a, a a radical departure. I, they're going to really do something special next year. I think maybe OLED displays. Maybe I don't know something. Transparent displays <laughs> with transparent I, components. I hate I hate looking at my display and not being able to see through it. It really irritates me. It's really irritating. <laughs> um, and the rumors of two cameras on the plus size, which I understand maybe renamed the Pro, iPhone Pro, mm-hmm. which would make sense. That makes more sense than Plus. Yeah. And the idea behind the two cameras, I suppose, is you can get either mirrorless quality or even approaching DSLR quality of photos. That it would yeah. effectively merge these two photos into one. 
Because if you got two lenses, it's not going to take two photos. You don't want two photos of everything. But what do you think? You think it's going to be one's more of a wide, one's more of a long throw lens? They combine them to give you the best picture quality. I don't know. I I I mean I'm I'm a, a photography enthusiast, but I've got to admit when it comes to the physics and of of light and and how you how you get the best out of that sort of camera versus a, a DSLR or a mirrorless camera, um, that's kind of a little bit beyond me. I I mean clearly if they put two lenses in there it's for a very good reason and they're hoping to improve quality and i'm sure they will i think the jury will have to be out until we see the results about whether deep down when you get real close up to to one of these photo images whether it's you know just kind of photo uh, processing trickery um over what you would get over um you know a proper lens going through going through to a large sensor i mean physics is physics um, and you could, at the end of the day, have you ever been to a sports event and seen what a pro photographer uses when he, or when he's um, he or she is is, is is taking pictures of a football game or something? They're using a lens that's probably a foot long attached yeah. to a camera with a big sensor on it. Optics so, are important. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, anything that Apple does in this regard is going to be, in some respect, a trick. But you know the. The whole thing about photography is all in the eye of the, eye of the beholder. Um, the camera well, in, yes and no. The, I mean, a good the camera. Uh, the camera in smartphones really is, considering the physical limitations, really is quite amazing. Oh yeah, I, I've never taken a picture or a series of pictures with my iPhone six plus and thought, eh, it yeah. it takes great photos. It really does. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a DS. I've got a Sony DSLR that is somewhere in my basement. Because the my the photo even I, w- I will go back to say that the the 5s is when I put that DSLR in its bag for the last time and stopped using it completely because at the 5s the level of photography or level of quality you would get of taking pictures was such that I didn't feel like I needed really to bring it out even for special events it it took great photos and the six plus only continue that it's even better than yeah. the 5s my wife uses the 5s although i need to replace that soon she's the battery's all over the place it says it's almost drained and then five minutes later it says it's 80 percent full and i don't know what's going on with her phone but going back to i'm gonna say the, the first time i even started talking about this was 2008 and that was i thought that the wonderfulness of the iPhone wasn't just the interface. The the real key to the iPhone success was even even back in 2007, the original one. You go back and look at that and take photos now, it doesn't look so great because we're comparing it to what we have now. But at the time, that first iPhone, and especially the 3G, took surprisingly good photos for a camera on, ostensibly, your cell phone that that was the thing that won so many people over. And, you know, it, it it corresponded with the rise of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Because when you have a good quality camera that's always with you, always, because it's your cell phone, you're going to take a lot of photos. And that was the key for Apple 
to make a phone that had a really good camera. And I think the success of the iPhone, a lot of it was predicated on that camera. And I think that even took Apple by surprise at how popular photography on the iPhone became. Thus, this new iPhone Pro, if that's what it's going to be called, with two cameras, I have to imagine that's probably... 80% of the time spent on that new phone from Apple is developing that technology, perfecting it, and that's what we're going to see going forward. Not not in this current entire generational line of iPhones, but next year, the 10th anniversary, they'll all get that. Well, I, I think that's, that's an important differentiator. I mean, I completely and utterly agree with you. I remember what I had phones with cameras on before the iPhone, mm -hmm. and they were they were like webcams. They were yeah, they're horrible. They were they were about ticking a feature box. Yeah, um, and they they were effectively useless. the 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 reason that the uh, I, I, the reason the iPhone was successful was that Apple, being Apple, when they decided they were going to put a camera in the in the phone, they clearly decided they were going to put a good camera in the phone. Yeah, and. That was the first time anybody had done that. And, of yep. course, once you have a good camera, and like you say, the convenience of having it with you all the time, that's transformative. And they've taken that forward. I actually upgraded my um, – I use a 5S when I travel. Um, and uh, I actually upgraded it to an SE while I was here in Las Vegas this week. Uh, and even there, the, I mean, you said the 5S was was a great camera and was the first time it was, like, good enough for pretty much everything. And I'd, I completely agree with you. But um, – the the difference between the 5S and the SE camera is marked. I've really noticed it, Yeah. Um, how great it is. The, I think the issue that perhaps Apple is going to face with the Pro Plus, whatever, with two cameras in it or two lenses, is that the current camera in the smaller phone is already so good that you have to – I think you are going to have to be a real photo enthusiast to think, oh, well, I want the bigger, bigger phone because it's got the better camera in it. I, I don't think it's going to – be as radically transformative until that camera becomes default in every phone you buy from Apple, um, not just the big one. But I, and I, I agree with you. But I think they they start with the big one as kind of the test bed, and that people are willing to pay more for that big phone. And here's another reason to consider the iPhone Pro: is you get this two camera system that takes DS. Yeah, GarageBand crashed on me right there. So <laughs> it happens. It didn't crash. It just said the either I got and I, I clicked past it too fast. Either I got the your disk is full error, which it's not because I checked. I checked. Great English yep. skills. Um, or I think it just I didn't have enough horsepower on the machine, like it was running out of memory or something. But yeah. I've only got three things open, which is GarageBand, Skype, and Chrome. Oh, my email's running too. Let me. Oh, I quit my email program. I don't know. Something happened, but anyway. GarageBand. Well, that's the first time I've had a, an issue with GarageBand in a long time. I mean, we had that weird sound thing going on, but that yeah. wasn't GarageBand's fault. That was an unshielded headphone something because I, I I literally threw those headphones away, and that problem hasn't reappeared. Yeah. Um. So where did I leave off? The we two were, camera system. The two camera system. Yeah. So. If it gives you the ability to optically zoom instead of digitally zoom, if one of the cameras is more for you know, the close-ups, you're at your child's sporting event or something, yeah, and you zoom, and it's simply using 
the zoom lens, that might be something that would get my attention. I agree. One of the one of the issues I, I noticed when I was up in the um, Arctic is when you use an iPhone camera is that you look at something and you forget how wide angle the lens is in your yeah. phone. And so you take a picture of it and then you look at the picture afterwards and you think, where's the... <laughs> yeah. Hang a minute. Where's the thing I took the picture of? It was right there in the middle. It was filling the whole thing. And then you see this tiny little dot in the middle. <laughs> and that's where a good DSLR will come in. You can yeah. optically zoom and the picture quality does not decrease. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's why those cameras are used in sporting events and professional photography. They're just they're just better. Uh, but I don't need that cap- capability most of the time. But if it's right. already in my phone, I don't. That might. But I, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier. I think they're going to do something special next year with the iPhone. Mm-hmm. I think the iPhone Seven. That's what it's going to be called, right? Yeah, the iPhone Seven is. It's while it's intriguing. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to buy it. I guess it's really going to depend on what Apple shows next week, and if it gets me excited enough, I'll get one. Because yep. I'm I'm about out of contract now with my iPhone six plus. Plus, my Apple Care runs out in a few more months. My Apple Care Plus. So if something yeah. happens to this phone, I'm kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. Um. And I obviously I want another big one. But there's nothing wrong with my iPhone, my iPhone 6 Plus. It works great. And it's the one that my wife does not want. Yeah, so you can't pass it on. I can't pass it on. So it, this might be the first one. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I might, I'm, yeah, I don't know. The issue, I, I mean, then you then we start trying to work, perhaps overanalyze it. I, I immediately start thinking at that point, okay, well, if you if you hold on to a phone for for through two cycles, then it becomes worth so much less when you come to right. trade it in. Um, so maybe you start thinking, well, maybe I should get the advantage of the newer phone now, and then if I want the next phone next year, then I've I've still got a phone that's only a year old to trade up against. I mean, because you if you go if you go out of contract, if you get it off contract, which if anybody who can afford to do that should always do that because you. You, then you're not tied down by the contract. Exactly. Um, you know, um, but our contract so that, has three phones on it, so every year I can get a new iPhone, basically without yeah. out-of-pocket cost. They, I, of I course, guess, roll yeah, it I into the, the other, bill. Yeah. The other thing you could do is you could um, you could maybe get the new one on this um, this scheme that Apple runs now. They don't do it in the UK yet, but this thing where you, where effectively you can change the phone every year. Yeah, I've got that through AT&T. Right. And I've got that plan already, and that's how I got the 6 Plus. I just didn't get another phone the next year because I right. there was no significant advantage for me to get the iPhone 6 Plus S. There just wasn't. Yeah. It didn't offer anything I didn't already have that I cared about. I know I had the so, 3D yeah, touch, I, and I didn't care about it. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, having gone from a through through no choice of my own, but because my company did the upgrade, having gone from a, a 6 to a 6S, um, it's yeah, the success is a great phone, but I hardly ever use three D touch. Um, it really is a, it really is one of those things that kind of we we didn't know how it was going to go, and we thought it might be really cool, but actually it turned out to be a gimmick. Yeah, it's just a gimmick, and who cares? Yeah, uh, let's. So I uh, the other thing is they're talking about the Apple Watch, and I know I've I don't want to say I've been deriv yeah yeah maybe a little bit I I've been saying for a long time that I'm not really all that interested in the Apple Watch. 
but you are yeah you are dismissive because it's it just doesn't appeal to you and and I think that's fair it enough. Didn't, it didn't fit in with anything I was doing. I didn't see the point for me to have one, but I never begrudge anybody else getting one if there was a reason to get it. If there's if if it fits in with your lifestyle or your job or whatever, great. But for me, it, it didn't make any sense. Well, with the new job. And I know I really haven't talked about it here, and I probably won't. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably will make sense. I am back to wearing a analog watch. I look at it all the time. I don't want to pull my iPhone out uh, in a lot of the situations that I'm doing now, especially when I'm getting text. And a yeah. lot of the texts are now work-related. It might be better to have an an Apple Watch that I can just quickly look at my watch to see what the message I just got that's work-related or not. Um, That might be... It might be time for me to look at an Apple Watch. And obviously I'm holding off. I'm not going to buy the first generation because we know that there's going to be a new Apple Watch coming out next week as well. And I've heard rumors that it's going to have GPS... I don't know if that's really going to do anything for me, but the notifications and the ability to tell time and then reminders, those are the three big things that I could really use on my watch now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that is, that is definitely a big advantage. If you, if you're in a position where you may not, you might be leaving your phone on the desk and then wandering around a space. You have your phone in your, you know, inside your jacket pocket and you, you don't you know it's it's either not appropriate or not you're not able to pull it out then that really is is where the the, the watch can come into its own well my phone is I mean, actually my iphone is a very important piece of what i do for my job now um yeah. i'm using it all the time there's six apps that's that i use all the time with a job and some of the things is actually easier to use the phone to get information than it is to go back to my desk and fire up the PC. It's just, it's quicker and easier and it's better. So the phone's still always with me, but it's sometimes in my pocket and I don't want to pull it out just because it buzzed and I've got a message. Yeah. I I certainly found being here at a conference this week in Vegas, uh, I'm I'm eight hours um, behind what's happening in the UK. Mm -hmm. So um, I was getting um, emails and texts and, occasional phone calls while i was in conferences um which i could triage while while still you know paying attention to what i was doing without having my phone out which here's a question i use outlook on my iphone yeah that doesn't work with the iWatch or the apple watch it does it does and in fact outlook is probably one of the best apple watch applications that's been written Um, that's, that's intriguing to me yeah that Microsoft did a, a fantastic job on the Outlook application hmm. for the watch, and it, it quite seriously is probably one of the best implementations of a Mac. Now, do you have to set it up on the watch itself, or it's just reading no. what's on your phone? It's it's linked to what's on your phone, hmm. um, and uh, as soon as you install it on your phone, it appears on your watch, uh, and it works, and it's uh, it's really really good. You can answer emails, you can move e- emails around, you can delete them, you can archive them, you can do all the stuff you, that you would do with checking mail on your phone you can do on your watch and, and a very nice interface because i switched over over a year ago to outlook outlook on my iphone i'm still using mail on the mac but yeah i hated the mail app on the iphone it was just buggy 
I was never happy with that. I know some people are big fans of it. I never was. And I, it, I'm sure it's even better on the iPad than the, than the iPhone, but I, I don't, ha- I don't even have it hooked up to my uh, iPad. I don't get mail there at all. Yeah. It, it, that's just a consumer device for me. It's not what I'm checking email with. That's what my phone, that's what my computer's for. But if Outlook is working on the the Apple Watch, that makes an Apple Watch purchase even more appealing to me. Cool. So so next week, I might be getting the new iPhone, depending on the pitch that I hear. And I might be getting, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get an Apple Watch. Okay. Cool. I hope it's thinner, and I hope the battery lasts longer. Those are my two. If they show that those are the two things that are, you know, and if it has a better dis- uh, a display, that'd be great too. But well, the display's OLED. The display's actually pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Um, um, and and you know what? Uh, I'm sure it will be thinner. The, the Apple Watch, if you look at it in isolation, is quite thick. But mm-hmm. when you're actually wearing it, you don't really notice that. Yeah. Um, you really don't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel heavy. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't look thick when it's on your wrist because of the way kind of it's designed. So that's that's you know it'd be great if it's thinner, but that probably wouldn't drive me to upgrade. Uh, GPS, yeah, again, probably not. Depending on what what they implement on it, um, probably not not worth me upgrading. Already having one, unless I've got Apple Care Plus on mine. So right, I don't know, maybe they'll toss those Apple Care Plus guys a, a discount or a. a an upgrade yeah price. good luck with that yeah <laughs> um but but no i i absolutely love my apple watch and amazingly I, you know i've been watching i kind of keep an eye on what people are using when i'm at these conferences uh-huh. a lot more um yeah android phones than than i've seen in previous years now people are using but a heck of a lot of apple watches and much more than any other oh yeah uh, well the android uh, watches the, the fitbits you see, there's a lot of fitbits here as yeah. well but yeah. um, it's either the Fitbit or, or Apple Watches. There's, there's very few of the. I think Apple Watch would just kill the entire market if they lower the price by a forty percent. Yeah, and there's really uh, for what they're putting in the watches. There's no reason for them to be as expensive as they are. No, they. I think they're way overpriced. But that being said, I, you know it kind of fits in with what I'm doing now, so I'm considering yeah. one. Yeah. Strongly, I would say right now I'm fifty-fifty on a new phone, but I am eighty percent on getting the new Apple Watch. That's that's very interesting. The other thing you mentioned about battery life, just don't worry about it. It really is a non-issue. My my watch normally has between forty and fifty percent battery at the end of every day. Okay. So uh, that that is not a problem. The only time it, it it goes low is if if it's lost connection to the phone or something like that, and it's spending a lot of time on the radio. Then, then I've seen it. I've seen it go flat, but um, very, very rare that. So let's take our break here, um, and we come back. Uh, we got a little bit of feedback. Uh, we do got one from Brendan, which I did want to read this time. Yeah, and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchot, host of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. Each month I gather together a panel of photographers and we chat about a theme related to the art and craft of photography. It's not about the gear. It's about making better photos regardless of your camera. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast 269, we would uh, 
We do want to thank our sponsor, MaxSales.com. David, they got a end-of-summer sale. It's the end of summer already, man. My kids go back to school next week. It feels like it was only yesterday. It was February. Right? Oh, it's going to be... Tomorrow is going to be February. I swear to God, it's... But I, it's been a weird summer for, for me. Obviously, it's uh, yeah. very stressful the last six months. And... You know, I'm looking forward to the fall. We had a really hot summer this year. I mean, really, really hot. The beginning of it was just dry as a bone. I mean, just no rain. And then, out of nowhere, we just we've been getting torrential downfall, uh, rain downfall. It's just it's it's crazy. So we're at the end of the summer now, and MaxSales.com is having a great summer sale. I'm going to put a link to the sale page. In the show notes, so go to techfanpodcast.com and look for show 269. Now, this should run through Labor Day, but obviously, you know, the prices that I quote now, I can only guarantee you for today, which is uh, September 2nd. These are probably last through the weekend as well, going right through Labor Day. But if you're listening to the show a week later and the prices are different, just be aware of that. So yeah, I'm looking at some of these prices there's two things I didn't scroll all the way down, but there's two things that are really standing out to me. They got a six terabyte, three and a half inch drive, 72 high, uh, 72 RPM, high performance Toshiba drive for 178. That's intriguing to me because I've been looking at, uh, the four terabytes. I need to, I'm get. I have too much stuff. It's, Really, yeah. what? It, and and I need two matching drives. I want one to be my main media server. I'm using a three terabyte right now, and it's it's getting a little bit up there. I I've got a little bit more space, but within the next few months, I've got to replace it. So I was thinking about going to a four terabyte, but at this point, why not go to a six terabyte? And for one seventy eight, that's not a bad price at all. That's savings well, that- of one hundred seventy one dollars. It's almost half off. Yeah, I mean that that's that is the price of what the one terabyte drives they've got further down used to be. Yes. So you get six terabyte for the price of one terabyte. Um, and so I would go with two of these. One would be backing up the other hard drive, my media stuff. Um but you know at six terabytes, I'm almost thinking I might want to split that up to like a five terabyte and a one terabyte. And then yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But that's yeah, a tempting price. The problem is I don't want to spend three hundred fifty bucks right now for two drives. Yeah, but I don't want to buy just one and move it over because then my current backup won't be able to back it up for yeah. long, anyways. And the I, other I, really good price. This is a really good price. They have Apple uh, earpods with mic, brand new Apple genuine headphones for eleven eighty eight. Of course, these won't work with the new iPhones next week, you know. <sighs> maybe, maybe not. No, uh, well, there's no it, maybe not about it. They're they're dumping <laughs> the. Um, if if well if if that depresses you, I, I'm spotted further down the list. Brand new MacBooks, 12 inch MacBooks with eight gig of memory and 512 SSDs, at 474 dollars off list. That's a good you price. You don't get discounts on on, on Apple laptops. Like, and this really. is this is new. These this reverbs, is these are brand new. Yeah, yeah. Apple MacBook yeah. 12 inch new, eight hundred ninety five dollars. Yep, that's for the that's for the previous generation. If you want the current generation one, they're one one two five, which is 
uh, reduced from $1,600, which is crazy. a heck of a deal. Yeah, it's a yeah. heck of a deal. So we want to thank MaxSales.com for sponsoring TechFan. They have some great deals, not just this week. They are always uh, coming out with some really good deals. Ooh, they got a 27-inch i5 iMac with a 5K Retina display for 1488 That's intriguing. That's, half, that's virtually half off. That's a good price. Yeah. And uh, new condition. Factory sealed refurb with one year Apple Care. That's a good deal right there. Yeah. Look, I'm using my my 15 inch MacBook hooked up to a 27 inch monitor, and it works fine. Don't get me wrong. And I even have the spare computer still. I still have that 17 inch MacBook Pro. Yeah. Although I've had a couple people reach out to me about possibly buying it, but you know i've told both people 750 but i don't have cash in hand yet so it's still sitting here mm-hmm. and i'm in no big hurry to sell it either it's not like it's no. burning yeah. a, you know it's it, it's kind of my backup computer right now if anything happened to my 15 inch i'm i'm connecting everything to the 17 and using that till i buy something new um but oh, that's a good deal for a 27 inch imac tempted uh, temp- i can't afford it right now well especially with looking at buying honestly the the uh the watch yeah and possibly a new iphone yeah yeah good prices though thanks very much maxsales.com again i'll put the uh the link in the show notes um yeah it's interesting let's talk about our feedback real quick here sure um do you have yeah you have it open you want to read the one from uh brendan yeah, so Brendan came at us talking about um, this whole internet things thing, you know, and and we know Brendan. We Get know how Brendan line. rolls. Arr. Yeah, Brent, Brendan's not Brendan's a skeptic, a healthy skeptic. I think is is a fair. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brenda says some wise words for those technologists in quotes who are trying to invent technology for the sake of technology, also known as solutions to problems that do not exist. And then he's got a link here to um, uh, something from mondaynote.com. And, he, and the, basically the thrust of this article is that, you know, <laughs> most of these things don't work very well and don't really add any value. Yeah. Clue. Most normal people are not falling to their knees, crying out for some technologists to come along and reinvent or revolutionize the experience of using common everyday devices such as a pencil sharpener or a kettle, fridge, washing machine, etc. by connecting to the device to some dubious online stroke cloudy service, which may work intermittently at best if we're lucky or not at all at other infuriating and unspecified and unknowable times. Predictability and reliability sometimes actually do have very much to recommend them on our journey through the travails of life, regardless of the impractical wet dreams of would-be so-called technologists. A lesson that is the despair of technologists, but the default common-sense assumption of the man on the Clapham omnibus. He needs Cheers, to write, Brendan. He, he needs to write a book. Um, he does. <laughs> he likes words. Yeah. Um, he, in a lot of respects, I agree with the sentiment here. But not completely. Yep. And let me explain. I don't like complacency. I don't like when good enough is good enough. When we both know that many times what we just accept as, 
Well, it's a it's it's a washing machine. It's a microwave. I mean, it's it's been like that for years. Why mess with it? Speaking of, by the way, microwaves. I have to go buy a new one today. My 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 youngest daughter loves Raymond noodles. Why I don't yeah. know. She loves them. So I bought this little plastic tray that you can put water in your Raymond noodles. You put it in the microwave. Five minutes later, you got perfect Raymond noodles. She loves it. I mean, that's yeah. that's her thing. She loves. She's thirteen. So Raymond noodles. I guess it's. To me, it's just a cheap throwaway food, but she, whatever, you know. Yep. And it, she she cooked Raymond noodles last week, and she forgot to put the water in. Oh, dear. Yeah, and Julius tried everything to get the burnt plastic smell, because literally yeah. the Raymond noodles almost caught fire, and yeah. it completely melted this little plastic tray. And she's cleaned it. She's used vinegar. She's used all kinds of stuff, and it still smells bad. And that's be I told her, I said, it's not the... It's not the cooking part of the microwave. It's it's got inside the guts, the fan, and all that. It's yeah. there's, but she didn't want to spend the money for a new one. She finally last no two days ago she goes, okay, you win. I give up. I can't get the smell out of the microwave. No, uh, you can't look if it's contaminated with. You can't. It's, plastic, the, it, you know, that's it's, not that's not a safe way of. Look, we've had this microwave for probably twelve, fifteen years. I mean. Yeah. I think I bought that microwave when we got this house, if not before, and that was '99. So I mean, I, you know, so, I get so, it, but so microwaves are fairly cheap. Here's the question: You walk into um, whatever store, Sears or wherever you, you're going to go, and they have Labor Day weekend sale. Yeah. Internet connected microwave at a bargain price. Do you buy it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As long as I'm not spending a lot more money for it. And it has still the size. I want at least like a 1.5, preferably a, a 2.0 or bigger in size cubic feet. Um, if it connects to the internet, that's fine. I mean, but, but here's the thing how about if it's like Diablo 3 and it won't work unless it's connected to the internet? Well, but nobody's doing that. Yeah, I, I think this is the point that Brendan's trying to make is that is that sometimes this stuff is added on badly, and I definitely agree I with agree that. with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes this stuff is added on uh, and it adds no value. I agree with uh, that as well. I agree with that too, and certainly I wouldn't want to pay more for stuff like that. And then third, the third thing he's saying sometimes it's added on in a way that actually makes the product less useful than it was. I, I would agree with that as well. <laughs> Me but, too. But the underlying sentiment. That I'm picking up, and Brendan, if 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 I'm wrong here, let me know, please. The underlying sentiment is, people need to leave well enough alone, and I completely disagree with that. Yeah, I want companies, I want inventors, I want people to take these everyday things that we're currently using, using, and make them better, make them more useful, make them, yeah, you know, fit in with what's going on in the world today. Now. I'm not saying change for change's sake. I am saying let's not be complacent. Let, you know, when we had the hand wringing washing washing machine back in the you know the 1911s, people probably thought that was great. Why do you need a machine to do this? I mean, this thing just sits outside. Oh. Where you put your you scrub it on the board, you wring it through this wringer thing, and then you hang it out to dry. You don't need machines to dry your clothes. Wind is free. Well, look, I mean, that that, that is a bit of a canard because obviously uh, having a machine is, is far superior to 
doing it manually. If you if you look more far more recently though, I mean I remember when the iPhone was launched, a whole load of people saying, "Well, you can't have a phone without a keyboard on it." Steve Ballmer is a prime example, yeah. and look what happened with Microsoft, and, yeah, and exactly. it was laughed at by BlackBerry, and look where they are. Exactly. So sometimes you need do need to push the envelope to try and th- take things forward. And I think companies are too complacent that they're making money selling a washer and a dryer, and why do they really need to change anything? I, I guess the, the thing I'd say to Brendan is that you need to have 90, 95% of lousy, bad technologists throwing things at the wall to see what sticks yep. to get the 5% of the stuff that actually does take us forward. Um, and unfortunately, you don't get one without the other because for every um, every product genius or um, insightful guy who uh, or, or girl for that, for that matter, let's not be sexist about it, who comes up with a brilliant new way of doing something you have a whole load of people who are just adding features on for features sake um and you know that that is that we 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 don't want to throw out the good with the bad totally agree with that that's exactly my point and i get your sentiment brendan at least i i think i get your sentiment i think you know being more of a a couch psychologist I play one on TV at the most. (sighs) You're a little grumpy, Brendan. (laughs) (laughs) I can understand. I know I, I I do for, for, for a start, Brendan's British and this is, this is kind of a little bit of the British psyche. I think, you know, we are, we are often skeptical and we are often sometimes a little bit jaded and, and perhaps less enthusiastic. I've, I've seen this, from you know, I spent a week here in the U.S. at a, an American IT conference. We're much more enthusiastic about change yeah. than many countries are. And sometimes the kind of the pump and the and the the marketing spiel and the and the thing, it comes across as a little bit false. We, even I if, agree. Even if it's even if it's generally felt, it comes across to a British person maybe as a little bit false. And I think what Brendan is is perhaps also railing slightly against here is the fact that. Every new development is hailed as a as a, a game changer. Well, that's marketing, um, though. I mean, and yeah, you got you got to separate the marketing from yeah. the reality. And I, and I, I totally I, agree with that. I don't have any problem with being very very healthily skeptical about the marketing. And um, you know, the there's been many many things that have been hailed as the next big thing that turn out to be. But if you just look back in the last quarter century, the enthusiasm enthusiasm that American inventions have heralded throughout the world cannot be discounted. I mean, and, and, and I, when I say American, I mean Western. Mm-hmm. The, the Western culture, of which Britain is part of, and many other countries, Canada, the, the rapid pace of change from a technology standpoint has made lives better. Absolutely. But we're still in its infancy. I know we like to think these things have been around a long time, but the iPhone still has a year to go before its 10th anniversary. You know, the, the iPod hasn't even been around for 20 years yet and it's already gone. Yeah. I'd I'd also make an argument that it's really only the last maybe five, 10 years that the personal computer has really 
properly hit its stride in terms of some of the things that ran. No, I would say 15 it, years ago it really hit it. No, no, I, th- I think I think it's more than just the computing itself. I think the stuff around it, such as the ability to have something that thin light works all day. Uh, is readable, is powerful, is computers are ubiquitous at this point, and they were yeah, not but, uh, but, uh, just but that's a decade what, that's ago. The point. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying that when they were launched in the in the mid 70s, the promise of what computers were delivered, in my view, has only really started to become realised. Yeah, the it took 35 decade. years. It took 35 yeah. years, no question. Exactly. So, so uh, a lot of these things haven't realised their potential yet. And, and let Brendan, let me just give you a bit of light at the end of your grumpy tunnel <laughs> for a moment. And one we love you, by the I've way, noticed, Brendan. Don't, don't the we're not picking on you here. We love you. No, I know. We're, we're, we're joshing with him because he knows as well. Um, one of the things I notice here at, at VMworld, this is a big IT conference that I've been here this week. Uh, and it, I, the reason I come here every year is because it gives me a very good bellwether about what's going on in the IT industry. And I'm talking about the corporate IT industry, not, not you know, the consumer stuff that, that you and I often talk about. Um, there is a little bit of mention of Internet of Things here, but actually it's quite muted compared to uh, previous years. And I think that's because the industry is seeing that this internet of things thing is is something that hasn't really quite panned out yet um so they're talking about analyzing data from iot sensors and that sort of thing but they're not as full-on in it as as perhaps you might think if you read consumer press releases so i think corporate it and and business it is you know it's it's wondering whether internet things is 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 a real thing or not because they're certainly not going all in on it like um you might expect if you read the latest nest press releases on that sort of thing so so we need to move on uh thank you very much brendan for sending in that feedback we'd love to hear more feedback from more of our listeners real easy to do simply send an email to the show at techfanpodcast.com the show at techfanpodcast.com or leave a comment at either in the show notes at either mymac.com or techfanpodcast.com uh, make sure you're not call or doing so from a uh, Samsung Note 7 <laughs> because it <laughs> might wearing, explode on you wearing fireproof um, fire- oven gloves this is know. crazy this is yeah I would almost feel sorry for Samsung if they didn't have such a crappy history of, of ripping other companies off and yeah ugh. so the note 7 is their their well, it's one of their big flagships it's their big phablet uh, and credit samsung samsung we wouldn't have you wouldn't have that dearly beloved six six plus that you have today if it weren't for samsung uh, you know i i said a long time ago the first time i saw the large samsung phone i wanted one except it was android and there's yeah. Especially then, Android really sucked back then in, what, 2011, mm. 2012, yeah. 2011, somewhere in there. Yeah. And I looked at it. It was huge. Uh, it was – I didn't want that one. I, I wanted a phone that size that was done correctly by Apple. In other words, with elegance. It wasn't just this th- – crappy design that samsung has um that it would feel good in my hand whereas that first generation of phablets they felt horrible so i but i wanted a screen that size in my iphone no question so i give them credit for that but 
you know, here's this big problem. They're doing a recall, millions of phones, because, what is it, 35? 35 phones confirmed have caught fire when they've been charging. That's scary. It is. You know, the the energy in a in a modern lithium-ion battery is huge. It is. We don't Most realize people don't realize this. that. Yeah, they, they, you know, they really are powerful um, energy containers. And if they let go, then that's a serious problem. Um, I find it interesting, the, the kind of reaction to this. I mean, I think Samsung have been pretty good about getting in front of this very quickly because this is, this is a real problem. And this uh, recall is not going to be inexpensive for them. No, and, and, but, but here's where things start to fall down, is that I read a quote from... Um, a senior official at, at Samsung this morning. It was I forget it was first thing when I woke up, and I, it was the CEO or it's somebody on the, the board anyway. And then the tone of it kind of annoyed me a little bit because the guy said, um, "It breaks my heart how much this is going to cost us." <laughs> oh, right, poor and, guy. And I, and I read that, and then I read it again, and then I thought, okay, benefit of the doubt, maybe that's. Um, something that's been lost in the translation from Korean to English. No, I don't think it does. I think it breaks his heart that it's going to cost his company this much money to fix a problem that they caused. Yeah. Not it breaks my heart that these are dangerous phones that exactly. could actually hurt somebody that could yeah. set someone's house on fire and cause you to lose everything you own. That yeah. doesn't break your heart. How much money it's going to cost your company does. That's yeah, despicable. I, I I agree, and that's that's what concerned me about it. Is the fact is that, in my view, if you if you're recalling something for safety purposes, no matter how quickly you've done it, it is completely and utterly tone deaf to even mention the cost or the impact on your company of doing that. Well, it just shows when, what Samsung's all about. Yeah, I mean, if this was Apple, number one, it would be front page news on every tech site in the world. Not, and, and they would be on every site in the world. Well, I was going to get to that too, but yes, yeah. and and everybody would be decrying how evil Apple is, and is this the sign that Apple is losing their way? And <laughs> this, this is because Steve Jobs <laughs> died; he never would have happened. Tim Cook should be fired immediately. The shareholders wanted it. It would be a month worth of that crap, right? Yeah. Samsung, who actually sells more phones than Apple. Samsung is is heartbroken because it's going to cost them so much money. Yeah. And no one seems to pick that up. Oh, poor Samsung. I'm sorry, this is going to cost you money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, let me give you a hug, Samsung. Yeah, that's right. You made little exploding hand grenades and yes. people might die. Samsung, but... uh, what I'm going to do, Samsung, is I'm going to burn my house down. Without your phone in it, and then when I get the insurance money, I'm going to give that money to you. Can we, make we, you feel better. Should should we should we get a GoFundMe page for Samsung going? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That the the, um, the false false equivalency is is unbelievable. Assholes. <laughs> really. Okay, yeah. let's move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry for those that's listening, and maybe minors are present. That was a naughty word I shouldn't have said, but. It's very warranted here. Um, and if you own a Samsung Note 7 and you'd like to talk about it, then get in touch. Yeah, we'll give you a hug. <laughs>
Apple's making some changes to their policy on the App Store, which... David, you sent me this link yesterday. And, you know, let me, I'm, I'm just going to pull up our text here. Uh-huh. Yes, David and I text back and forth. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm getting a call from Yonkers, New York. I'm going to hit uh, decline because I don't know anybody <laughs> in Yonkers, New York. And I don't have any student loans. And the ones that are call, keep calling going, this is your credit card company. Really? Yeah. I think they have a name. And I have yeah. a few of them. And your credit card company isn't usually what they say when they call me. Mm. Um, so the text from David was, Apple has announced that from uh, that from September 7th, problem problematic and abandoned applications will be removed from the App Store and then a Touch Arcade, which is a site we both enjoy. Yeah. Although I don't like their new design that they rolled right. out about six, eight months ago. I hate it, actually. Yeah. Um, will be removed from the App Store. And there was a link, and I read it. And my response to David was, huh. And then I thought about it for a minute. I said, not sure how I feel about this. Yep. And I maintain that. Now, the gist of the story goes like this. If there's an app in the App Store that's not compatible with currently shipping phones or and shows no sign of being updated anytime soon, uh, or it's an app that is basically abandoned, um, Apple's going to remove it. They're going to pull it out of the App Store. So you won't, will not be able to buy it anymore. And I'm still mixed feelings about this, David. What do you think? I, I completely agree. Um, I, I can understand why Apple wants to do this. They're bringing uh, a new search function to the App Store soon, and they want to clean the App Store up. Well, even if it wasn't the search function, I I have to imagine at some point, look, how many apps are out there now? Millions, I would imagine, right? You don't want to be the Kmart of the App Store. You don't want to have these apps that haven't been updated since 2009, will not work on a new iPhone, uh, the average user is not going to look at the requirements to see if it's running on their current phone. They just, they're on the app store on their phone here. This looks like a fun game. It's 99 cent. They buy it and it doesn't even download because it's not compatible. Or if it does, it just crashes. It doesn't do anything. It's just, it's junk at this point. Right. I don't want that experience for people. And I don't no. think Apple does either. I, I completely not agree with the sentiment and, the difficulty I have with it is that this is Apple we're talking about, who frankly has a lousy reputation yeah. for how they deal with implementing policy in the App Store. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you, and that's you know, that's you, that's part of my trepidation right there. Yeah, and the exactly. other sw- other aspect of it is not everybody's using the latest and greatest OS or iPhone, and if somebody is still on an iPhone four. That app may work just fine for them running, you know iOS 5 or iOS 6 and Apple's just going to start removing stuff I, uh, yeah, I don't it, know it, 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 the problem is there's a slight smack of censorship about this you know but the, the, the uh, other thing is, is I don't know I don't think censorship's it at all I, I think it's that and I, I don't think that's how Apple's approaching it and I think referring to it as censorship is disingenuous because it, it's 
it's not Apple saying these are bad apps that we don't think people should even own, or they're in bad taste, like a fart app or something. No, no, but but, but there are. They, they does say there are also. This is this is a quote directly from what they sent to developers now. There are apps on the App Store that no longer function as intended or don't follow current review guidelines. Well, look, the App Store is not a democracy. The App Store is in America or England. It is Apple's property. It's their App Store. They have yeah. absolutely any right to reject or approve items for sale in their App Store. I, I have a problem, though, with them approving something and then later on deciding they no longer approve it and retroactively pulling it. Well, and, but and things change. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I get that I to a certain extent, but things yeah. change. Regimes Again, change. I refer you back to my previous comment. If Apple had a whiter-than-white, even-handed approach to dealing with this and not make mistakes, I'd be more comfortable with yeah, that. Yeah, but, but they're they human. And, and and when they make an egregious mistake, they usually self-correct. Usually. Not all the time. Usually. But I think their track record of doing that would be... I, I You could hold it up against anybody else. Uh, I suppose so. I, I, just, I just have... Like you, I have misgivings about this. And my, my principal misgiving is that it deals with one problem while ignoring what I consider, consider to be a much bigger one, which is people buying stuff yeah. on the App Store, and then at some point in the future, for a number of reasons, the stuff disappearing. because Not because it's, it's poor quality or it's bad or anything like that, but because the company behind it decides they don't want to do it anymore. And we've had and this discussion before. We both agree yeah. that there should be some kind of a bill of rights for people who buy electronic software, be it games or productivity or what have you. Um, John Gruber, uh, his Vesper app, for instance... They're pulling it because they can't afford the sync services anymore. Well, this wasn't a free app. And, you know, if you bought it three months ago at 5 bucks or two ninety nine, whatever it was, and now they're pulling it out of the App Store and they're not going to support it anymore. And the, and the only recourse is they're, they're giving you an update that will allow you to export your notes because it's basically a note-taking app. Yeah. Uh, you can export your notes and use it in another one now, which is great, except... Well, wait a minute. I I spent not a lot of money. I, I don't even care what the the figure is. I, I spent money for this, and now it's you're just not going to have it anymore. You're not going to support it anymore. Well, okay, well, because there are companies that go out of business right after you buy a new microwave oven. What do you do then? Well, yeah, you bought the microwave oven. It's not you know not they went out of business. What are you going to do? But then you have Disney who are pulling some. <laughs> relatively new apps that were not cheap and yeah, yeah. Disney's yeah. Avengers Alliance game it's gone yeah if you've uh, now but those well, those were free to play games but but obviously people in purchases money and stuff inside the games and they just kind of lose that money uh, Disney as well you know they pulled the uh, what's the, 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 the game with the little play figures you put on the stand yeah Infinity in Disney Infinity, yeah, so they pulled that as well. I, you know, I'm still let's put in the show notes there. Still waiting for my uh, Bioshock for iOS update. That I, 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 I at this point, Disney <laughs> has such a, a horrible reputation for mobile gaming and just abandoning people that I don't know if I would even the free ones. I don't know if I'm going to download any more stuff from Disney. I just don't trust them. 
If I get into a game and I start playing it and then they just pull it, they turn off the servers and I can't even use the app at all anymore, at least with this Vesper thing, the app still works. If you if yeah. you bought it, it's still going to work. It won't sync to the cloud anymore, but the app continues to work. Yeah. You could still get to your data. Disney I'm, stuff? I'm, boop, no, nope. It. it doesn't do anything. And Vesper is a, you know, I'm prepared to give them a little bit of slack in that, you know, it's an application that was developed effectively by one guy. Mm. And that one guy hasn't got the time to update it anymore. Right. So, okay, yeah, it's tough and, and, and everything. But when a multinational corporation pulls support, yeah. because basically because they want to concentrate resources on the next soccer game they're developing. Yeah, that I've they'll pull 18 that. months from now. Exactly. Now, yeah. and, and I wish that Apple would deal with that at the same time it deals yep. with this other issue. Yep, I agree with you there. But I, I, I don't want to say they shouldn't do this because they're not addressing the other issue, nor do I want to say that because they're not addressing the other issue that, you know, they shouldn't be doing this. It's my, well, Yeah, my, my concern really is that in some respects this kind of endorses the sort of things that Disney are doing. This basically is Apple saying, well, if you if you don't update your app, then we're going to pull it. So that's that says to Disney, okay, well, that, that means when we decide we're done with the app, we're perfectly justified in pulling it. Um, the problem is, is that that that's a, a becomes a whole business thing between Apple and Disney. And uh, you no, know, I would disagree with that. I don't think that's what Apple is doing at all. They're talking about stuff that has not been updated in a very long time simply doesn't work anymore or stuff that doesn't conform to their guidelines which means developers aren't willing to update an app to conform to the guidelines exactly but that that's kind of what i'm saying so you, you if there's anybody inside disney who disagreed with the decision to pull um avengers alliance and avengers alliance 2 yeah i can imagine uh, a manager in Disney taking this press release from Apple and putting it in front of that person going, see, even Apple doesn't want us to keep apps on the store if we're not going to maintain them. Yeah. So we're right to pull it now. It, it still comes back, I think, to more than anything, consumers need some protection yeah. when... And I, I'm not talking about just the Apple App Store here. I'm talking about digital purchases in general. When the company decides they're not going to support it, they're going to pull support for this app. I think they should be legally bound to offer support for a set amount of time after the app is no longer for sale. I, I also think they, they should be legally bound to make sure the thing continues to work in the state it was when they left it. You sh- well, you sent me but a tweet. there's you sent me a the problem tweet. with that is because what if what if you know you, you say that but Sony comes out with a new update to the PS4 it breaks some of the older games uh, are those companies then expected to go update their games to conform to Sony's new operating system I mean when they sold it it was under the assumption that it would be working under this PlayStation three years later. Sony updates the PS4 that game doesn't work Wh- who's responsible for that now. Uh, well, I I would I would say principally Sony for not change make, make the changes in such a way that old games don't get broken. Well, that's nice and dandy to say, but then we're stuck still playing 
you know, what the Xbox 360's original digital downloads were back in 2008. In this this day and age, it's perfectly possible to engineer software solutions, yeah, that recognize that, that some bits of software that were valid have been broken and you should deal with that. And that point ways, I agree with. I just don't think they have to keep things. I, when I say there should be a bill of rights, part of that is if there's no way to get it working and it's been within a certain time frame, let's just say 18 months, a year and a half, right? Yeah. And they break it, you get a refund. Yeah, no, or I. Or at least I, a partial I, refund. I, I think that's I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, you, you sent me a tweet. Uh, last week, and I think you talked about this on the show, where you bought a game and you put it in your uh, console, and then it downloaded gigabytes and gigabytes of updates. Yeah. Now the problem is, if in five years' time you go and pick up that game, or you have that game in your library and you've never installed it on your console, and you go and put it in, and it what goes to try to download those updates, and those updates aren't there anymore because the the uh, vendor has, has decided not to maintain the, the service that provides them or load them onto the, the console's yeah. uh, update mechanism or anything, then all of a sudden your game doesn't work. Right. Something you bought. And and this is a situation I've had. That, you know, I talked about Bioshock a lot. I didn't play Bioshock that much on my uh, on my iPad. I had, I had it kind of tucked away in the background there, thinking, well, when I've got time uh, to devote to this, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll give it a good few days. I never got that opportunity before they pulled it, because they pulled it after a year. Yeah? Yeah. Now, now that's the sort of situation. And of course, you know, you remember I had the conversation with Apple, yep. and I had the conversation with uh, with Two uh, uh, K Games, and basically nobody wants to give me any refunds. No, they basically said I was uh, SOL. Yep. And then, in fact, they they kind of said, "Oh, don't worry, we're going to update it." And here we are, over a year later, and they haven't updated. And it. and that goes back to what I said. There should be. I, I'm not saying that a, a government should, or even Apple should be able to force a developer to update their apps but if you're going to sell those digital applications in your store there is some responsibility from apple from sony from whoever's selling it who's ever processing that transaction to play on their hardware or to use that app on their hardware if your users can't do it because for whatever reason and it's been 18 months within 18 months, you should give a refund. Or at the very least, a partial refund, a 50% refund. But to simply abandon someone who bought Marvel's Avengers Alliance and spent $30 in in-app purchases a month ago, and then a month later, two months later, they can't play it at all, that's that's not right. Yeah. Especially as as these big developers, they love to put these online services in so that the games don't work unless you talk into their servers. Right. And, and, you know, if you're going to do that, then patch the game so that when you pull them, they work without the servers. Yeah. They're not going to do that. So, David, we're going to need to wrap this episode of Tech Fan up. We could keep going with this, but we've got a kid that that has to be picked up. (laughs) Yeah. Bill, we're telling you what needs to be done. Get on it. Yeah. No. They just need to hire us. We'll, we'll yeah. fix the problem for them. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter. We are Tech Fan Podcast on Twitter. We're also on the Facebook, so find us there as well. It's just the Tech Fan Podcast. And uh, we, again, we'd love to get feedback from you. 
Uh, we'd love it if you can go into the iTunes store and leave us a review. That really helps. Somebody tried and they just couldn't do it. They kept trying and it turned out they had left us a review a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? I appreciate them going back. And trying Absolutely. To it, it was awesome. That's commitment from our listeners. That's, That's right. Like so we'll be back in a week with another exciting episode of Tech Fan. See you then, David. See you then.